0: Welcome back to the Fire Trainers Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9, published on May 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and our guest today is Robin Sandoval from a Girl and Gun Shooting League, and we'll be talking about continuing your instructor training. Our podcast is part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, where you can get the original ConcealedCarry.com podcast, Not Your Average Gun Girl podcast, and the Off Duty, On Duty podcast. This episode also brought to you by our friends at the FTA. Fire Trainers Association. Visit their website at FTAProtect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and the competitive pricing. If you are a certified instructor, then you've completed the first step in becoming qualified for FTA coverage. Next step is to go on their website, apply for coverage, and enter in discount code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the ConcealedCarry.com Business Directory. Did you know that you can get a free listing for your instruction business on ConcealedCarry.com? Visit biz.concealedcarry.com and add your business for free. It will be searchable online and to potential students who use the concealedcarry.com mobile app. Claim your listing today. Quick reminder, enter in for the weekly podcast prize giveaway at podcast.concealedcarry.com. Entries do not carry over from week to week. This week's winner is Joe, and they won a legal Boundaries by State Book. Joe, keep your eyes open for an email from concealedcarry.com. Next week is a pair of sixteen three forty rechargeable batteries, the kind I carry in my flashlight all the time. We bring this podcast to support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every farm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Robin Sandoval from a girl and gun shooting league. Welcome, Robin. Thanks for coming on making time for us today.
1: Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me.
0: Problem. For those people that might not be uh, familiar with who Robin Sandoval is, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background on what you do in the industry?
1: Yeah, so I am kind of a a surprise to the industry, really. Um, I was strongly anti-gun for most of my life, and it wasn't until I saw the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, I was sitting on the couch and I was watching a modern American city become debilitated overnight. Families were left on their own. First responders were unable to respond. And there was a moment when I saw a mother hand her small children to strangers who were getting on a bus to Houston. And she said, please take them. I'll try to find you in a few days. And my heart broke. And I turned to my husband and I said, what do I have to do? That that's never me. That no matter what happens, we can stay together as a family. We can hunker down. And I said, I'm going to start storing peanut butter and tuna fish so that if hurricane hits here, we're just kind of in the middle of Texas, not even near the coast, but if it was to happen or any kind of disaster, we would be fine. And we could wait it out as a family And he said, if people are that desperate, someone's going to kick in our door for our peanut butter and tuna fish. How are we going to stop them? And after arguing for gun control my entire life, actively arguing for gun control my entire life, I didn't have an argument to that. And I realized it came down to these three little people who relied on me and I needed to protect them. And so became a gun owner and was looking for training. And at the time, uh, there was a woman, Juliana Crowder. She was a firearms instructor in Austin, and she decided to start hosting girls night out at the range. Her idea at the time and around 2011 was for women to to gather at the range and um, come after work casual. She brought her talent and guns and they would show up. And so she decided she was going to host these girls night outs. Well, I, I went to the third one and I don't know if I was more scared of shooting the gun or going to the gun range or all of the above. It was completely out of my element, but it changed my life because I was able to meet with other women, learn about this tool, learn about the firearm, and eventually start mentoring others. And, and over kind of just a the way life works sometimes, Juliana and I have partnered up and uh, now we host Girls Night Out at over 300 ranges nationwide. We've been doing this 11 years now we have more than 7,100 card-carrying members. Last year, we trained more than 35,000 women and uh, have the, the best job in the world. Over the past 11 years, I've been able to really develop and um, in- taking a lot of instructor classes, um, mentoring others, coaching others, um, growing in my own skills, and really growing a cadre of instructors around the country who are able to train women, especially with all the new the, the new women gun owners coming into the industry. So, that's what a girl and the gun is all about hosting girls night out of the range and, uh, opening these training opportunities for women across the country.
0: And that's great, great work to do because, uh, one of the things is gun owners is we, you know, like people know about uh, guns and you know how to responsibly use them because we don't want to hear about accidents. We don't want to hear people, you know, not knowing how to use them and hosting those nights. Uh, what you're doing is definitely, uh, positive influence on the industry so that's great
1: yeah thanks we host about 300 events every month so we definitely have a a huge reach and uh, it's just an honor to be able to coach these women and instruct them in how to be safe gun owners and how to get into shooting sports and how to you know not only are we influencing these women and making them more empowered in their defense but also in sport but also the way that they have influenced their children and their families and their communities. And it's just a real honor to see
0: mm-hmm. you can turn, turn attitudes around, but you know, it's not, not all the bad stuff we see on the nightly news. It can actually be positive. And at the same time, uh, and it can be very rewarding to go along take take, um, you know, young, young uh, kids and show them how to properly use a firearm and, the concentration it takes to hit a target appropriately and, you know, repeatedly and how to go along properly care for something. You know, a lot of those things, uh, transfer over into, you know, doing your homework properly, going along and, you know, do you know how to properly care for a car? You know, Hey, we, we, you know, we wipe down a gun and gun oil and, you know, do all those types of things, keep it running. Well, guess what? Cars need some maintenance too, as well as, you know, a house and different things. And if they understand that, Hopefully it would make them a little better citizen and a little bit, you know, more independent uh, when they need, need to need those skills when they're on their own. That's great. Well, Robin, can you tell us what certifications do you all have? Um, because I think it flows right into our topic today.
1: Well, I ha- have a number of certifications, you know, I have the NRA cert- pistol certifications and all the instructor uh, certifications from the NRA. I have some, some USCCA instructor certifications. I have a couple of them. Um, a lot of the, instead of taking a lot of instructor certification courses, I really just try to take as many courses as I can from instructors that I really admire. So whether there's a certification attached to it or not, um, I'm really lucky that I get to do a lot of different kinds of training. Um, so if there's someone I, I want to go train with, I'm, I'm fortunate to carve out time and go do it. Um, a lot of times it's really blazing a trail. If I, if I find a curriculum that I like, that I think really it's beneficial to other instructors, I'll go try it out. I'll get to see how these classes are, and then I'll encourage other instructors to go take that class. So, Or I follow the lead of other mentors that I've seen when they take a class, and I want to take it too.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, great because I'm always keeping my eyes open on uh, social media, the people I follow, see what classes they're taking, and at the same time, you know, try to figure out you know, if they like it, if they, you know, what they've gotten out of it, and then seeing if I can fit into my schedule. That's, that's good. Why, why do you keep training?
1: Well, first of all, I want to have the knowledge so that I can be a good leader in our industry. I feel like uh, you know, techniques are constantly evolving, the technology around firearms is constantly evolving. We have different um different models and and um, that are constantly coming out. And I've honestly in the women's market especially, we you know, traditionally it was a pink it and shrink it market. And over the past three years and even coming into the future, there's things in development that are real game changers for the women's market. And I hate to just say the women's market because it really is applicable to juniors and men with, with smaller hands or you know, just a whole different section of the market. There's better products than ever before. There's a lot more holster options than ever before. The past three to five years has been a surge of, of information and not only in product development, but in also um, the training that comes along with those products. So I like staying on top of the latest trends I like being able to share that with our community and really inspire my instructors to know all the different options that are available to them.
0: Mm -hmm. Because when you go along and think about, you know, five years ago, um, red dot holographic sites were not even thought about unless you were in some, you know, competitive area. And now you go along and look at them and, most people, I should say, a larger and larger percentage of the shooting public now have uh, holographic red sights on it. You know, I've got them on my pistols because as I get older, um, my aging eyes need need something a little bit closer, a little bit easier for me to aim because I don't quite aim the good old iron sights as well anymore because it's just too hard for my eyes. And that's where I'm changing and I'm glad to... I'm glad to have that option when it comes to you know, the pistol I carry and be able to defend myself with something that I could be you know accurate with to what I where I want to be.
1: You know our industry is funny because while, in some ways we really embrace change. There's other ways where we don't. You know, anyone who tried a red <laughs> dot would be say, you're a cheater. you're not doing it right. But now I'm glad that we are seeing that that evolution. And um I was actually thinking of that discussing that the other day because at my recent match last weekend, um, I, I scored relatively well. I was, I, I was ranked five, so I'm not going to complain about my standings, but I didn't feel like I felt like I could have done better. I had a little bit of delay finding my dot. And I even yelled at the RO one time, like, where is it? Where is it? Like, I just had that much time to find my dot. And I realized I need to need to pick one and stay with it and really practice on that. Cause I've got a call coming up in a month. Um, uh, I'm taking the range master instructor class. I had not taken it. Uh, Tom Givens has asked me, for three years, when are you going to take my class? When are you going to take class? And so finally I said, okay, I'm, I'm taking it, but I need friends for moral support. So I have uh, nine girls going with me. So I'm stacking the line with with support and a cheerleading, a cheer section. Um, but I, I do want to get ready for that class. So I'm like, I need to pick my dot and stay with it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, either commit to one or the other so that I'm efficient for that call.
0: Yep. Well, I, I took uh, Scott Jelinski's uh, Red Dot instructor class last year. And uh, if you want to prep for it with a Red Dot, his is definitely a good one uh, to, yeah. to take, to say the least.
1: Scott's the one who introduced me to Red Dot. I had never touched a Red Dot until I was in a class with Scott. And that was my first exposure to it. And I've also uh, been fortunate to train with AJ Zito, who mm-hmm. is one of his, his instructors. And so a lot of the good information coming out. Yeah, of AJ this, was Samar- there for Potter that uh, during yeah. class
0: last year, too. So, yeah. Yeah two uh two great guys and like to get back training with them again if i can because they definitely uh do uh they 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 push you in a good way to you know go along and get faster go along get get pick up the red dot faster go along and do the you know small things and one of the things that scott suggested to me from day one to day two was to go along and not have a cancel my holster And believe it or not, just having uh, the can't be straight up and down instead of can't being slightly forward really helped my draw completely, you know, sped Mm -hmm. me, sped me up. And that's one of those things where, you know, prior to that, thought we needed a camp on everything because that's just the way that you carried, you know, a pistol so you could pull it out faster. But Scott showed me having it vertical. A lot of times actually makes it work better.
1: Was that before or after our faster class? Because there's a video of us
0: getting on target.
1: Yeah, because I think I was beating you to target every time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that was that was after.
1: So. so now that you've got this secret, I'm gonna have to really work on it because now you're saying you could beat me.
0: No, I'm not saying I could beat you. I I, <laughs> w- I want to be efficient and and be confident in my in my shots. So you know, and in Scott's <laughs> class, I was not the fastest. Um, I wasn't the slowest either. I'll I'll say that I was kind of middle of the pack. So
1: yeah, that, that I need works a- for me. I need a chance with Scott to redeem myself. Cause that was my first time ever touching a dot. So it was, it was kind of a kind of a mess. So I would like to go back now and be like, see, I've, I've got it figured out now. I've got, mm-hmm. I, I can do this.
0: <laughs> well, you're talking about red dots. What kind of other uh, training types of training classes do you take Robin?
1: Well, um, let me think. Uh, one of the ones that really pushed me out of my comfort zone was the close quarter combat with Shivworks works with uh, Craig Douglas. Mm-hmm. That one was, uh, really outside my comfort zone. Of course I took the mag 40 class with you and also mm-hmm. the faster class, uh, faster saves lives class. So that was really great. Um, what other classes have I taken? Um, I took a sniper class. That was really fun to learn long range, uh, all the ballistics and everything associated with that rifle craft system. Um, yeah, I've done some low light classes. I've done some. Uh, shotgun classes i've done i mean i've shot a lot of matches Mm -hmm. so that trigger time counts too
0: i just try to do a real variety how about tasers i've
1: never taken a taser class no i've taken a pepper Taken a pepper spray class
0: pepper spray i've
1: I've taken a knife class um like tasers are not something i've done yet Mm -hmm. i need to to do that
0: yeah uh, just it, it just goes to show that even though you've taken all this training over the last uh, 11 plus years, there's still other classes to help round out and kind of know. And, you know, as I tell people, um, pepper spray, knives, um, uh, stun stun guns, uh, it's good to know how, how they work because uh, you never know when you might be in an environment where you can't carry a firearm, but you can take a stun gun with you, um, you yeah. know, where you're where, where, you can't you can't take a stun gun, but you can take pepper spray with you. Um, you know th- those types of things. It, it's really cr- trying to go along and have your bag of tools, having a tool in there for each and every situation.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. At our national conference, we always have knife classes. We always have ground fighting. Um, women often are um, pushed down or pinned down, so getting out of those holds is really beneficial. Uh, we do some coubaton, We do some. Uh, we have a flexible weapons class, which I always really enjoy um purses scarves face masks anything you can you can bend and manipulate how to turn it into a, a weapon of offense um of course improvised weapons too love that um mm-hmm. there's always a time when you might need to grab that fire extinguisher or you might need to use your credit card or whatever you've got with you how to use it in an offensive way to so, get yep, we do a lot of training on that i love i love thinking outside the box on those things
0: too. yeah well you think you think about the world we live in these days you know if you're on a plane you know you're not going to be able to have any kind of uh normal offensive weapons with you period Mm -hmm. um even if you're just in the secured area of the airport you're you're going to have limited and that's where using a fire extinguisher or credit card or being able to go along you know even know how to use your keys you know in a defensive way i mean are they going to be as efficient as as a firearm stopping a threat maybe not but at the same time if you're able to use them efficiently to where you knock the person you know out of their game, you know, they get injured a little bit, that might be all you need to get away from them. And, or, you know, for the good guys, uh, you know, the police to come and arrest a person to the ground. And that's, you know, that's the goal, uh, you know, my training is not to go along and apprehend the person. My goal is to go along, stop, what they're, get them to stop what they're doing and then get an escape, you know, in whatever situation that looks like.
1: Yeah. And I think that kind of ties in too. It's not just range training, like you were saying, but it's also a lot of mindset training. One of the things that I started about a year and a half ago at A Girl in the Gun, maybe it's even longer, two years now, is we started in A Girl in the Gun book club. So every month I assign a book to our organization and the ladies read it, and then we gather at the end of the month and talk about it. And so much of that has, I mean, that is really up to my game when I am on the range and having those defensive mindset about things and, and learning different things. Uh, for example... In, uh, when violence is the answer, incredible book, everybody should read it, but it talks about, it's less about the, the object or the, the, the tool that this person has, this weapon that the bad guy has. If you're focused on disarming, you're missing the point. You have to focus on, um, incapacitating. You have such a small window to react. And if you can focus on incapacitating, it doesn't matter what weapon it is. Um, there's just a lot of things like that that have helped me in my training,
0: um, mm-hmm
1: and changing my game plan and and changing my personal defensive strategy.
0: Yeah, one of the books I recommend to a lot of people to read is The gift of fear, but from uh, Gavin DeBecker, because it Mm -hmm. starts off fairly um, calm until you realize, you know, what, what's happening and you know you sit there and you literally want to scream at the book you know I mean don't do that you know I mean yeah. don't trust him and then he goes through and explains you know how you really need to trust your instinct and in a yeah. lot of cases women more than men because men have the physical ability at times to get themselves out of bad situations or women may not have you know the physical ability especially you know if it's a you know larger man something along those lines.
1: Yeah. And so often women have situation bias. They don't want to believe what's happening or they don't want to consider themselves as overreacting. So a lot of times women will talk themselves out of reacting, even though everything in them is saying, this is not a good person. This is not a good area. Turn around, go away. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, getting people to actually listen to that voice inside. That's an excellent book.
0: Yep, I've uh, yeah, re- recommend to, to people because if uh, if you get through the first chapter and you still can keep reading it, you know which first chapter is a scary one, uh, you can really get a lot of good insights on you know the mental mental side of things and being mentally prepared for it because like you said, it's uh, it's not necessarily going going along and taking the weapon away from the other person. It's it's going along and knocking them out. Out of their uh, OODA loop, not going along and incapacitating, going along and doing something they they haven't planned for, because that's where, it, you know, you do something and all of a sudden, you know, they've got to start reacting because I don't know you, you kicked you kicked them in the knee, in the knee and their knee went out on them because you kicked it from the side instead of from the front, and all of a sudden they're in excruciating pain. Well. Doesn't really matter if they've got a knife or a gun at that point. Most people are going to be in so much pain they're not even going to think about whatever they were thinking, you know, two seconds before that. And those are just things to think about because we're we're not raised. You know, you don't go you don't go to high school uh, and take a, a topic on defensive survival. You go along, mm-hmm. and you learn how to go along, be a, a good, productive member of society, and that's where when you come out, you've really got to go along, and start changing your your thought process to where there's a lot of good people around me, but I'm going to be ready for that one person when they try to go along and attack me, when they try to go along and you know bring violence to me, I'm going to bring more violence to them, and they don't, they won't know what would hit them, and at that point they're laying on the ground, and you can run away and call the police and have them come do their their work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so important, and especially everything from how to re- react in those situations, how to avoid those situations. All of it is so critical into the work we do that goes way beyond the firearm, into situational awareness, into body language, into everything. There's so much and and so many ways to prevent something from happening. It's all part of the education process that we we're talking about. Um, you know, making sure that people are safe, and it's just such a more vast experience than just what we can learn on the range.
0: Yeah. When we go along and I had uh, Shelly Hill on, on the, uh, podcast before and talk about her, um, image cards, decision-based mm-hmm. image cards, uh, that really gets your mind start working because you just don't go along and, you know, shoot, you know, whoever's in front of you and pisses you off, but you've actually got a process. Okay. What are they, what are they doing in front of me that. Is presenting a threat or not presenting a threat, and that's where you know having those kind of cars and getting people's minds to start working, it really can be challenging at times. I know when I've uh, done force on force training, it makes people think twice about it because we're so used to the you know John Wayne the, you know the white knight kind of coming in saving the day and arresting the perpetrator type of thing um but when you actually get on force on force you just see how difficult that is to come out of that unscathed and you realize hey you know I really need to take the mindset of I'm going to be I'm going to do what I have to do to get to my family and I'll let somebody else worry about cleaning up the mess it's not my job and you know save, save save your own bacon uh, from it because nobody else is is, is going to be saving you if you don't save you first
1: yeah i was really honored when shelly reached out and asked me to make a add-on pack you know she's got all these different add-on packs from different instructors uh, where you can buy a supplemental card pack for her her system and so there's an a girl in a gun pack of cards that i selected and you know being a girl in a gun, people think that all answers are going to be gun answers, or all problems are going to be gun problems. And so I really wanted to make sure that that was not the case. And so um, to get people talking and thinking about the whole wide array of responses that we need to have in our, at our disposal right there, front loaded in our minds so that we can act on them quickly. So not every, like you said, not every problem is a gun problem. And even though I'm a girl in a gun, I have a, a whole toolbox full of tools for every, every situation.
0: Yep, and uh, you know the great thing about those cards is it goes from you know what would you do if a dog came up to you to you know what happens you know, if this person showed up or that person showed up, and one of the best things about um, her program that I really like is the uh, debriefing afterwards because you really you really realize when you go through the debriefing about you know what how many options you really have, but our minds kind of uh, jumped on one of those and those options we really got to know and understand what they can do and what they can't do uh, for it and that's and that's where it becomes taking all these different training events what makes it um valuable it's not that you have to be taught how to shoot a pistol again but it's trying to go along and say okay well how would i shoot a pistol in an awkward position or in close quarters uh situations or uh, you know, taking pepper spray, going along and, you know, using a taser or even a knife. I mean, each one of those, you know, we're not born with knowing how to use them. Um, taking a training class gives you the ability to go along and know how to use them effectively. Without, what, I without, without love it
1: is, what I love is not only learning how to use the tools, but learning how to use your words. That mm-hmm. has been the, probably the most valuable thing for me the past year. I've really focused on classes that allow me to use words and do de-escalation or allow, give commands um, because usually the words have been the hardest thing for me. I can do the shooting. I can do the the pepper spray. I can do all of the the uh, gross motor or fine motor, but it's the words. I go silent. And so it's having that escalation of words, having those front-loaded um, memory cues and, and tape reels that you just plug in for this situation. I think that's been really valuable. And that's something that lately I've been making a priority to bring to the Girl in the Gun community so that they have instructors who can discuss that with them and and uh really be creative in the moment. There's been so many times I was in a force-on-force force situation where my the the bad guy role player would turn around and say something to me, and I would just go blank and be like, uh, well, maybe, or I don't like I'd start thinking about the question and completely get off the the defensive plan. So I needed to have really those tape reels and the the words there and the the retorts and the the um just how to deal with the words yeah. better. I think that it's all so yeah. encompassing.
0: Yeah. It's a verbal judo to where yeah. you go, yeah. they say something, you say something, but you know, you, you don't want to go along and give them an advantage over it. You want to be able to come back with something that makes them think, oh, maybe that's not the person that I really want to mess with. And, you know, if they up at one more, you know, how are you going to respond to it? And, you know, just like you said, the verbal part of it, the Mm -hmm. body language part of it, you know, just the determination in your own voice uh, can make a big, 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 big difference.
1: What I found is that I'm really honest. So if a role player says something to me, I could de-escalate with a lie and be like, no, man, we're good. Here's this situation. I'm on my way. But I don't. I'm like, wait, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) <laughs> you know i'm really honest so i need to be have those front loaded so that i can i can like go into a role play situation and have the tools to get out of it
0: you, you gotta you gotta put your uh, street smart hat on as, as i call it so you so you know you know it's not you're not trying to go along and have a friendly conversation with them you want you're gonna trying to stake out your territory and letting them know it's like yeah you don't you don't don't want to mess with me type of thing
1: yeah. If it's, I mean, if it's a role play, that's a, you know, black and white situation and it's a bad guy and I'm going in, I can handle it. I can use the words, but I've been in classes where the instructor just asks more from you and they're willing to throw loops at you. And, you know, I was completely baited by this guy who was like, well, you don't want to talk to me. And, you know, you don't want to date me. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what's happening here? And I completely got in my OODA loop and I did not stay on track because it was a real life situation that could happen as opposed to this training scenario you know it was it's just you have to have every scenario front loaded right there so you yeah. can respond on it
0: well the thing i go along and uh, you know tell people for the for the casual criminal they're not going to be very sophisticated but for the serious criminal i mean they've they've made it a life of crime and that means that as much as you and I are talking about training to be prepared for those kind of events, they've also prepared for those kind of events by you know multiple people they've robbed or by you know other crooks that have taught them you know well, do it this way, do it that way you know to throw them off their game and allow you to get closer, allow you to, to do different things. And that's where you got. It's not just somebody who decided to you know rob you. You know, it's some you know when these criminals the Career criminals come up and they've been robbing people for quite a while and they know how to break down just about anybody's defenses for it unless of course you put up a strong enough defense to where it's like yeah it's i just don't feel that lucky tonight so i'm going to find somebody else to uh victimize
1: yeah it is important to be on guard all the time too and have that practice there was a time when it was a in January, not too long ago, I was in Washington D.C. with my daughter, who's 12, and she's completely blind. And we were walking through Union Station late at night uh, with two other, uh, another mom and daughter, and another woman. And it was late; all the shops were closed. We were had to walk through there to to get on a bus. And there was a lot of homeless people around, and they were signaling to each other, um, they asking us for money, and signaling to each other who was going to ask us for money. And I was on it watching pre-attack indicators looking for grooming clues like all over it uh, making sure that those were just communication uh, techniques that they had and not actual pre-attack indicators and you know my daughter even though she's blind she had a death grip on my arm she's like I didn't know what was going on but I knew it wasn't good she could just sense it in the air and as we walked down this hallway of shops that were closed to get out to the front of the building I told her remember if if somebody's getting it, it's going to be us because here we are, disabled child, mom, it's, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody's getting it that, that these, vic- you know, who's going to look like a victim. So I, I told her, you know, be ready for that and walk. Like they're not picking us. You would be crazy to pick us. And so we have that conversation a lot. And I do with my children just to, to have all of the, the physical presence to not look like a victim and to, you know, to be able to handle those situations. Cause Man, when it, when you're in that situation, yeah, the gift of fear was all over it. <laughs> Everything about that situation was get out. But you also can't panic. You have to keep your wits about you and just do mm-hmm. all of the things. And having so much training in that really helps. Looking for those cues and indicators and and knowing how to make eye contact without engaging. That's also
0: a. And Washington D.C. is a great one of those uh, examples too, because in Washington D.C. no firearms. You know, right. I'm, not, I, I'm not even sure if you're going to have tasers, if you're going to have, have uh pepper spray on you, um, probably not even a knife for that fact. I mean, <laughs> or yeah, probably mass my, transit probably can't, ha- can't have anything like that on, but it yeah, really my, makes you a victim.
1: I told my daughter, I, if I have to take your cane, I'm going to be beating somebody with a white cane. <laughs> that might be what we have to use. If I have imp- to go hands on, we're going hands on.
0: A- improvised weapons, right there. <laughs> I mean, strange. white canes are fi- are fiberglass sticks, and I can tell they may not um hold up after a couple whacks, but uh, but after uh, you'll get a few wax in before, and uh, before it breaks, I could
1: disrupt. I could disrupt some oodalips for sure. Doing that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, definitely for sure. Well, hey, we, we were talking about different kind of training that you've taken from. But have you gone to different kind of training events to go along and keep up on your on your training also?
1: Well, I went to the Active Self-Protection Conference last year. That was really great. I got a lot of really good training there. Um, I host a lot of training. And so usually I'm able to take girls with me where I go or invite instructors to come to us. So I go twice a year, well, once, once or twice a year to Glock. Uh, Take the armor course, the operator course. That's always a really—that's always one of the highlights of my year to to go out to Glock and take those classes. We're one of the few civilian organizations, if not the only one, that they that they regularly have in, which is always an honor. Um, But yeah, I've taken a lot of USCCA classes, um, just general classes that I find. I'm trying to think of events specifically or conferences that I go to. Um, Mostly, I'm really fortunate to bring in instructors.
0: Um well, you got the, the girl and gun conference that you that yeah. you host and you can do. You do a lot a lot of these same kind of topics during your, your conference. So that's really great.
1: Yeah, we have so we have 550 participants, over 70 instructors, and we did all things pistol, rifle, shotgun, shooting from the ground, shooting from the helicopter. We did it all. Uh we have gunsmithing, archery, long-range shotgun. Uh you name it, you can think it, we do it, whether it's legal topics or concealed carry or competition pretty much everything and I'm, I'm really fortunate that we have incredible instructors like I said 70 instructors have nationally recognized the best of the best they come out and donate their time uh, to, to help train our girls
0: well, that's great because you know the training events are uh, definitely one of those opportunities where you can get a lot of training in a short amount of time. Um, obviously, taking a you know full day or a weekend uh, type of training, uh, where you can be more focused on a specific topic. But training events I really like because you can get into two four hour block times, and you know really dive deep into a, or get get a taste for a topic without diving in too deep, and then switch over and do something else. And by the end of the weekend, you're all of a sudden uh, you know you've gotten you know four or five uh, six different topics underneath your belt, and you can really kind of use that to tailor whatever kind of training you want to go to for the next 12 months. And that's where the active self-protection national conference, that's a, that's a great one. They bring in a lot of great girl and Mm -hmm. gun conference for, um, you know, there's just a lot of good opportunities to get out and, uh, take training at conferences.
1: That's what we'd started. So this is our 10th annual conference this year, but you know, 10 years ago when we started this, we really wanted to, uh, bring training to these ladies who may have never taken a formal training class before. Maybe they've been to the range, maybe they've been with their husbands, but they've never been to formal training. They've never gone to a Tom Gibbons class, a Masati class. So what does that look like to them? How do we work out of the holster? How do we have this professional training environment? So we really just started doing that, and we wanted to create a module, modular experience where everyone could get an introduction to a topic, like you said, And the best thing about it is because we have really great industry partners, we're able to provide a lot of loaner gear for some of these sports that are very expensive. Like you can take a three-gun class or you can take a a long-range class. You don't need the $4,000 rifle and optic and and range to be able to do it. So it allows people to try those things and and see if this is a sport that I want to try or maybe I want to get into sporting clays. Okay, I've got some loaner shotguns. I'm going to meet with... Uh, these really fantastic shotgun instructors break some clays. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, yeah, I, now I want to go and get fitted for my own shotgun and do this at home. So having that modular training is a really great way to introduce everybody. And also having the support of our sponsors gives everybody the gear to be able to learn so many new things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a uh, gr- great opportunity there for uh, for people to attend. That's for sure. Hey, Robin, got a question have been asking all our uh, guests this year. Can you name an influential mentor who's helped you get to where you are, uh, are today?
1: Well, I definitely would not be where I am today without Juliana Crowder, my business partner and first instructor. Um, she's the one who had the vision for a girl on the gun, which has since changed my life and opened doors that I, I never knew I wanted in my life and introduced me to amazing people that I can't imagine uh, my life being without. So Juliana was definitely the biggest influence. Um, there's other mentors in the industry who have paved the way, women who have paved the way um, and just been really great examples of, of professionalism and, uh, so many, so many great women I've had the fortunate, uh, good fortune to work with. I would say, uh, personally, the biggest influence on my life, other than my husband, uh, who supports me in everything I do would be my daughter who has been battling brain cancer for seven years and just helps me to remember to choose joy every day. So whenever, uh, you know, running a league, running an organization of over 7,000 women, there's challenges there and and uh, travel and demands and events. And there's a lot of demands. But um, at the end of the day, I'm joyful that I get to do a job that I absolutely love. I get to come home to a family that loves me and I get to hug my daughter every night. Um, and And I'm there to pick up my kids from school or if she's in the hospital, I'm there with her. If I was working a corporate job, I might not be, have the time to do those things and and to be the mom I want to be and the professional I want to be. And so I'm really fortunate that um, through a girl in the gun, not only have I been able to have a really exceptional journey, but I've been able to pave the way for so many women. I, you know, women compliment me all the time by saying that I changed their life, uh, that Julian and I changed their life, that the league changed their life. And I say, no, you changed your life. We were just lucky enough to witness it or to give you the the vehicle to do it. So. um you know, as women's groupings get smaller on the range on their target, their confidence gets larger. And I just get to see these women shine and, um, um, I just have the best, the best life. And my, my daughter reminds me to choose joy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, I follow you on, on, uh, social media and I see some of the events that you do with your daughter and, uh, she's inspirational because she's not allowing anything getting in her way. Um, you know, just recently I saw it, she got on the cheerling squad and, um, that's probably not something you always think about somebody who uh, who you know has a disability be on the cheerleading squad, but she's all smiles and I'm sure she put you know 110% into it and uh, is going to be a great cheerleader.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. It's fun to see her try new things. And it's another inspiration to me to be courageous and go to a class that I haven't taken or a range I've never been to, or um, go talk to a sponsor or someone else in the industry that I I've admired for a long time and never approached. Uh, she reminds me to, to just give it my all.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing to be afraid of is not, not doing something. You know, if you do something and it fail, you you've gained something. If you don't do it, you'll never, never know what could have been.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, where can people find out more about you and uh, girl and a gun?
1: Well, our website is a girl and a gun.org. And we're on all the social media channels. You can find us at a girl and a gun, women's shooting league on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all, all the places, but um, all the, the information about our local chapters, if someone's looking to join a local chapter, you can find it at a agirlandagun.org, find a chapter near you, or you can join as a national e-member and participate with us virtually. I host a virtual training event pretty much every week that members nationwide can log into and be a part of our community and just participate in additional training, whether virtual or in person or destination events. Or We have retreat events and we have big matches and, and lots of things for people to do. So I just invite everyone to come out.
0: Great. Um, really appreciate your time today, Robin. And uh, good good luck this year. And uh, pass my best wishes on to your daughter too, because she's an inspiration, even if uh, she doesn't know it.
1: Oh, thank you, Rob. I appreciate that.
0: That's a wrap for this episode. And we have a few reminders. Visit our sponsors, especially the Fire Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. And remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Subscribe to our podcast, all the concealed carry.com podcasts share this episode with your friends on social media you can also search all our podcasts on our website and leave us feedback at farmtrainerpodcast.com. do you have a suggestion for an episode or someone you would like to have on as a guest feel free to email me your suggestion at ftp at concealed carry.com we bring this podcast support in the industry the second amendment and most importantly Every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.